0: This is the weekly Fremont Moo Podcast.
1: Full count, one out, runners in the corners. The set, runner goes, hit, swing, and a line drive up the third baseline, and fair, and rolling toward the corner for a hit. McBride has scored. Dodge around third. He's going to try and score. Sullen's throw toward home, is cut off, and Dodge scores, and this game
2: is tied at six.
0: An inside look at Moo Baseball
2: one this one is rocketed out towards center field going back to center field to McBride how did he make that catch behind his back looking like Willie Mays and
0: now here's your host Nate Rohr
1: welcome into episode number seven of the Fremont Moo podcast I'm Nate Rohr and what a week for the moon Fremont goes 5 and0 oh, sweeping Hastings out at Duncan Field in that weather shortened two game series. Then they come home and whoop the Trappers. Three game sweep for the moo over Pier, ending that series the right way for the season. The season series goes to the Moo over Pier in 2020, and we'll review those highlights coming up in just a few moments. We'll also have a chance to preview the huge week ahead for the Fremont Moo as they play eight games in the next seven days against the Hastings Sodbusters. Rare is the opportunity for a team to so totally take its closest challenger In a playoff race, completely out of the races. Fremont will play eight games against Hastings in the next week. The Moo a game and a half ahead of the Sodbusters entering action, and the Moo have been very good against Hastings this year. We'll chat more about that series and about what the Moo have been able to do against Hastings a little bit later, but a great opportunity in this next week for Fremont to really solidify their spot atop the Clark division and their place in the Expedition League Championship Series. And we also have a couple of chats coming up with new players. Cooper Morrison, Fremont outfielder, he's been super hot with the bat lately. And we circled the bases with the UC Davis outfielder, talked a little bit about what he did during quarantine and also his lengthy journey from the state of California out to Fremont. We talked to another guy from out west who made his way to Fremont, but on a bit more of a permanent basis. Stephen Boyd is our Meet the Moo guest, and Stephen, of course, pitches for Midland, so he not only is in Fremont during the summer season, he's also here during the college season when we chat about his recruitment by Moo owner Chad Miller, also the head coach at Midland, and Moo manager Shea Bennett, also the assistant coach for the Warriors. And like Boyd, Shea is a native of the Phoenix area. So there were some commonalities that allowed Stephen to make a easier transition to Fremont. We also talk about what a relief pitcher has to do to get himself ready to come into a game at a, moment, at a moment's notice and, and really be effective as a reliever. But, as we mentioned, a 5-0 and o week for the Moo. So that means a lot of highlights. Let's get to them. Let's hear the
2: top moments from last week. It's time for the new Review. Now you got to get him home, and that one should do it. A high fly ball at the center field. McBride will tag. The catch is made in center. Burnham will throw it home, but it'll be... Way late as McBride scores and it's the first run of the game. The move up 1-0. Howell again producing this time with a sack fly. Irwin is so focused right now. He is ready to go. Glove at his chest out of the windup. Shaking off the first sign. What is he going to throw? Emmanuel on the outside corner. Here comes the slider and he got him. Dodge swings the first one. Lines it to left and it's going to score him. Here comes the runner and I think that's Owen Bischoff who came in, the throw will go to second. It's not in time as Dodge slides in safely with a double and the move up to nothing. Irwin comes set at the belt, looks back at second twice. Now the light kick fires, outside corner, he got him. Strike three, Cervantes goes down and that is nine strikeouts for Brett Irwin through seven innings. He has been dominant. All the same, he's at second
1: outs, 1-0 Fremont, we're in the top of the first set. Polmanaris, one strike pitch, Reller swings and lines one in, a left center field down for a hit. Howl around third, he will score easily on the RBI single, left field for Brock Reller, and the move with a 2-0 lead in the top of the first. 2-2 on the way, Clemenach swings, grounds to the right side, the second baseman locks far to his left, has it, the pitcher late getting to first, so Clemenach is safe as the throw goes wild away from the pitcher, and Reller comes in to score, and now it is Three to nothing, Fremont. Three runs across the sitting. The set by Coleman Harris. 1-1 one, one pitch, and Bischoff grounds it back up the middle, and it makes it into center field past the diving herd, and it's a base hit, and Clemenach will come in to score. Four 0 nothing, Fremont in the first.
2: Two-one pitches, drilled out to right. Oh my goodness, this one's got a chance. It is way back, one hopping the wall. Reller's at second base. Here comes White. He's gonna try to score the throw. It will not come. And the move tied this game up at five. A triple for Brock Reller. Long look into Everett this time, finding. Something he can deliver to strike out Bischoff. This one is poked to right, and it will drop for a hit. Here comes Howell. He'll score one. McBride's right on his tail. He'll score two. The throw goes into second, and Bischoff is safe with a double. The Moo extend their lead nine to five.
1: Bottom of the ninth. Bases empty two outs. Jones set. Whitey with a 2-2 pitch to Schmidt. He swings and misses on a high fastball for strike three. The Moo hang on to defeat Bischoff. The Hastings Sodbusters 10-7 and Fremont moves back into first place in the Clark Division. Set by Unir. With runners at the corners and nobody out. The 1-1 pitch and Dodge swings and lifts a fly ball. Deep down the left field line and it will hit off of the wall on the fly. Roller will score. Simonson to third and holding on the RBI double by Cheney Dodge. Welcome
2: to the Moot Crew Dodge. And this game is tied at one. One to one the count, you near, working out of the stretch in the first base side. The leg kick and the pitch. Off speed, lined and a shot into right field. That was a one hopper that Moreland couldn't connect with and Brockweller is on base with a single. He scores white from third and it's four to one. This is loaded pitch, high in the air on the center field. This might be enough to score one. McBride will get a good jump on it. He's coming in and will make the catch. The runner will go from third. The throw is good. It's in time, and they got him! They got him! Zimmerman spikes the ball as Howell is called out at home plate, and it's a double play to end the inning. left and that's going to drop for one. Here comes Morrison. He's flying around third. The throw is not in time. Morrison scores it six to three and Reller comes through again. He's three for three with two RBIs. Right field. Swings of this one. Lines it down the left field line. It is off the wall and it'll score one. Here comes White and Simonson rounds first. He's on his way to second. The throw comes home and another run scores. It is now seven to five. move One This one is line to left and kiss it goodbye if it's fair. It is fair fair—a home run. See you later ball. That one was crushed. Jack Simonson has left the yard. Two more runs on the board. It's 13 to six move. I'm not sure he can hit a ball harder.
1: Now Leger, the lefty, set at the letters, checks first, delivers the 1-2, runner goes, pitches a curve outside for a ball, the throw goes through to second, and in safely as Morrison and Dodge scores, and on the double steal, it's one nothing, Fremont here in the bottom of the first inning. Count is 2-2 two two to McBride. He's set, Legings 2-2, and McBride lines this one into left field, the left fielder can't find it and Howell have to play it on a hop, he juggles it out there, Morrison around third to score, and McBride is in the second, and it is two to nothing, Fremont in the bottom of the first.
2: He lines one into right, it's down for a hit, here comes Bischoff, he will score around third, the throw goes into third, and Morrison will advance to second on the throw, it's four to one, and Morrison comes through in the clutch. Swing 2-0. Gets a fastball and rips it down the left field line. It will drop for one. Here comes Dodge. He'll score it. Right behind him is Morrison. He will score as well. It's a two RBI single for Ronnie McBride and it's 6-1 to one move. Powell is a one for three today. Single and now strikes out. Another one, two, three inning for James Skirdo. Two back-to-back strikeouts and that might do it for his day. But what a day to finish it off! At third is Kanan Dodge. Morrison is at second, and McBride is at first. Big pitch here to Reller. One and two. It's over. Cued off the end of the bat to the third baseman Phelps. He can't handle it. The throw is late from the shortstop Herrera, and it's a tie game. At three hits to the Trappers, five looking to make it four. He swings and lines one out to center. Going back is Grossman, and he is gonna watch it but one hop the wall, so here comes Morrison. he'll score. McBride's right behind him, he'll score, and Reller stops at third, it's a two RBI double, and the move lead at three to one. It is three to one for the moment. Right now standing at second base is Chaney Dodge, Reller's at third, Here's the one pitch, and that's cued off the end of the bat into left field. Here comes Reller, he'll score, and right behind him is Chaney Dodge. Two more RBIs for Nicky Manuel on his single, and as you mentioned, Nate, there's the 5-1 lead for the move. Hunter still on third base is Sears. Infield is in even now. 5-1. Morrison lines to one to right. Oh boy! You can kiss it goodbye! It is gone! And off of the building in right! Oh my goodness! Morrison got a hold of it! And it's 7-1. Moo!
1: Now the set by Rufus. Two ball pitch. The
2: Max swings and pops
1: it up. Left side of the infield. Dodge! Under it, Cheney Dodge makes the catch, and the Fremont Moo have won six straight games, and they sweep here. A final score of 7-4 to four tonight at Muller Field.
0: We're hustling around the diamond with a member of the Moo crew. It's time to circle the bases.
1: We're circling the bases with Cooper Morrison, and Cooper, when you told your teammates, other than Brett Irwin, of course, that you were coming out here to Fremont, Nebraska to play your summer ball, what was the reaction?
3: Um, initially it was kind of like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, where are you going? Like, and I was like, well, it's where the World Series is. And they're like, oh, pretty. Sh- that's cool. But at the end of the day, they were kind of jealous because I'm lucky to be playing ball in general. So they were pretty excited for me, to be honest.
1: How long a trip was it out here from, uh, from where you live?
3: Uh, well, I went ahead of Morton. I drove my car out here. I stopped in Utah to see my girlfriend. So that was a 13-hour drive there. And then a week later i hopped in it was an r 13 here to fremont so i've never really done anything like that before but it was definitely a haul but i'm glad i did it for sure
1: how how, uh, how did you get through the car ride were you snacking were you listening to podcasts what what did you do to pass the time on the long car trip
3: a um, couple podcasts um, music but i definitely had to munch on some candy i I think I went through three bags of Jolly Ranchers, and there wasn't really much um, sucking on them. I kind of just started chewing them, which isn't the best for your teeth, but it was the only way to kind of keep me going, just get a little sugar rush going.
1: You mentioned the long trip out here. Of course, the uh, regular season halted uh, at the college level due to the COVID virus. Uh, what did you do with yourself between the time the virus halted the college season and when you came out here to play for the moon? Um
3: You know, I kind of enjoyed my time. I mean, California's been shut down for a while. You really couldn't do much. So I just really kind of hung out with my roommates. Um, I still had to pay rent in my house, so I was in Davis the whole time, which was actually kind of fun. Um, Typical day would just be to wake up, eat, lift. If the cages were open, maybe getting there, but a lot of Fortnite and just hanging out. But it was fun because my roommates are some of my best friends, so I really enjoyed it.
1: You've been able to play in five of the six Expedition League ballparks, I haven't played yet at uh, Western Nebraska. Uh, what has been your favorite road park that you've played into this point?
3: Oh, ooh, that's tough. Um, I think Badlands, um, even though the drive is kind of rough getting up there. But the ball flies there. I mean, I didn't hit one out, but maybe if we go back I will. Um, it's a bang box. But I like the, I like turf. It makes me feel faster, even though I'm probably running the same speed. The um, good crowd atmosphere and um, good backdrop. So, probably bad land.
0: Learn a little more about one of Fremont's finest. Let's meet the Moo.
1: Chatting with Stephen Boyd on Meet the Moo. And first off, this summer ball situation for you, a lot of your teammates are coming into new situations. They've never been to Fremont. You've played your college ball here. Do the guys kind of come to you asking for advice or uh, just how to settle into Fremont better when they come in during the summer?
4: Yeah, I think a lot of the guys come in and they're asking, you know, where could I go get some good food or where's a good place for me to you know, get gas or like where do I get my groceries and things like that and I think a lot of it's like what do we do when we have off days and I think being here really gives me a good uh, mindset into like helping them out helping them adjust.
1: Talking about guys in new situations you're also still working with a lot of the same coaches that you see during spring with uh, Dale Dobish and of course Shea Bennett. Uh, what's it like working with those guys not just during spring ball what are you able to take back to spring working during the summer with those guys I think
4: one of the biggest takeaways is being able to see them in a more personable light that they're not just hard coaches that are on you all the time that they're actually people and being able to talk to them like they're people and then being able to take that and have conversations with them and be more comfortable actually talking to them about problems or things that you're going through and that even translates on the baseball field to being more comfortable around them
1: just in general, Summer Bowl, the vibe around it feels different than the collegiate uh, season, doesn't it? What's the biggest difference you feel?
4: I think the biggest difference is, you know, we're not all out here playing for the same team, or not the same college team that you're used to. So you so you got to mesh well and play with new people and figure out how to play with those new people, When that's new pitchers to new catchers and, and things like that. And I think... It puts on an added pressure, being that we only have, you know, these two and a half months to play. So it's really putting on that pressure. Like games have to be won here, and we have to. We, you can't like take games off or anything like that. Especially for pitchers and being a bullpen guy, you never know when you're going to come in. So you have to be on top of the game the whole time.
1: Now you came from uh, Arizona out here to uh, Fremont to play for Midland. What brought you to Midland? What attracted you to coming out and playing first for the Warriors and now for the Mill?
4: I think one of the biggest things was I had spent most of my life growing up in Arizona and I wanted to see something new, something different, something a little, little bit, get out of my comfort zone and experience something new, live on my own for a little bit. And then also like uh, having a com- couple conversations with uh, Chad Miller and Shea Bennett really convinced me that this place was good, not only for me athletically, but also academically because it showed me that I was going to be more than just a number on a page. I was actually going to be a person to them.
1: Shay Bennett is from the Valley of the Sun like you are did that to uh, help make your decision as well and did you guys have some common ground you could work on as you came out here
4: yeah, no, it definitely helped. It gave me a person that I could actually go talk to and that would understand what I was going through, especially in my first year here. I mean, the first winter here was definitely rough for me because I didn't know what I was going through. So definitely having a person that is a coach that's been here for four years already, being able to tell me, like, you might need to do this, you're going to need to go get this, and how to actually deal with cold weather, especially playing in cold weather, is something that he helped me out with a lot.
1: What about your first game in cold weather? As we mentioned, you're from Arizona. It never gets all that cold here. But uh, especially with the NAIA schedule, you guys are going north quite a bit. Uh, How did you deal with it the first time? And and what did you learn?
4: I was so cold the first Mm -hmm. time I played. It was not even funny how how many layers I thought I needed. Um, And over time, you definitely realize what you need to get ready. But uh, it definitely takes a lot more to get prepared, especially being a bullpen guy and you're sitting around for five, six innings throughout the game, and then you have to go get hot in one inning and you've got to figure out what all you need to do to prepare. And I think that was a big culture shock for me, actually figuring out that I'm not sitting in the dugout and I'm sweating because it's 110 outside. Oh, it's 30 degrees <laughs> and we have to figure out how to get hot because you have to go in the game and two batters. It's a big thing.
1: You talk about getting warmed up as a bullpen guy. And, of course, as a starting pitcher, you have the luxury of going through a set routine, knowing I'm getting the ball and being able to follow a timeline to prepare yourself to come in. As a bullpen guy, forget it. You're, You're thrown into the fire quickly. How do you, one, stay in a place where you can snap back into the game, and then, two, warm yourself up and get yourself to the point where you can be sharp out there?
4: I think one of the biggest things is being able to stay locked in during the game is to understand the situation that you're going to be going into. And then one, it's being able to separate yourself from off the field versus being on the field. Once I step into the bullpen to get ready or um, start playing catch, it's a very different mindset mindset that I put myself in. So that way I can be ready and have that split personality almost like the guy that's on the mound versus the guy that's in the dugout.
1: Hey, you seem like you know a laid-back guy, a good guy to be around, off the field. What changes for you when you step between the lines?
4: Oh, I'm I'm definitely much more of a a quiet person. Like you can talk to me all you want, but I'm not going to talk back. I, you know, try to keep my emotions in check when I'm out there. But it, it's once I step on the rubber, it's all about business to me. You know, give me the ball back. Let me throw it again. Let's let's just get out of this situation if there is one. And if I'm pitching really well, like let me just go. Don't, don't talk to me. Don't distract me. Just let me go. And then as soon as I get back in the dugout, we can have the conversation, that, whatever conversation you want to have. But as soon as I walk out of the dugout and get on the field, it's, it's business for me
1: talking about the guys you work with uh, behind the plate you've got a, essentially a four catcher staff and really a wide range you've got a guy in Matt Abdelnour who you know from your college ball Nick Emmanuel is a guy who's a veteran catcher and you got a couple of younger guys like Howell and Zimmerman how has it been to work with those four guys and has anything changed for you from catcher to catcher
4: uh, well Matt has caught me for the majority of my time here at college. He's only a year older than me. Um, so whenever we are playing in spring ball, he's the one that is catching me for the majority of the time. Now going to a guy like Nick, it's you know it's a different mi- mindset because he might not, know the first couple times that I'm out there what how my pitches move or what how to catch me and that and it comes with a, like a lot of communication to make sure that we're on the same page when he's calling pitches where to set up or what do I need for glove work or anything like that and then you have the younger guys like like Jackson and Taylor where it's continually not reminding them but just telling them this is what I would like to throw here, and this is how I would like you to set up if we're throwing here. And little things like that that you know can also teach them how to improve their game while it's making me be able to pitch better.
1: At this level in summer bowl, guys call – the catchers tend to call their own pitches. The game's a little more controlled uh, during the college season. So you as the pitcher, how do you put that much faith in the catcher, and does anything change for you knowing that it's coming from the catcher and not the dugout?
4: I mean a lot of it comes down to you have to be able to throw that pitch with conviction mm-hmm. and if i'm on the mound and you call a pitch that i don't think i can throw with conv- conviction that day then i'm going to shake you off and we'll go with a different pitch you as a bullpen guy you should have you know two to three pitches when you come come out of there most most bullpen guys will have three like like me so having your fastball which you can always throw and then one other one that you can shake off and say we want to go to that one but not maybe you don't have as much conviction in your third that you do with your second then you just shake them off on the third and go back to the second because you know that you can throw that better so it's more about knowing yourself and trusting the catcher to to catch that pitch because you're throwing it with conviction.
1: We're past the halfway point in the season about 20 games to go how has your game developed even from the start of summer bowl to now and what are you hoping to continue to improve on and focus on in your last four outings five outings six outings whatever's down the road for you yeah
4: yeah uh I think that at the beginning of the summer it was a lot of getting the arm back into condition being able to as a bullpen guy get hot within a batter to an inning Mm -hmm. and being able to be ready in that time to go out there and Close out an inning or finish a job that somebody might have left a runner on, or things like that. Um, I think what I de- what I really want to improve on is being more efficient. I had too many walks towards the beginning of the year, and it wasn't it was only hurting me. I wasn't able to, you know, you can't defend walks at yeah. the end of the day. So being more efficient, being able to, you know, throw balls around the zone that hitters want to swing at that get themselves out, you know, because at the end of the day, at best case scenario, they're getting on base three out of ten times, where I I. Throw more strikes than that, you know, yeah. and I want to, and I want to be more consistent with throwing those strikes so that I can get hitters out quicker and possibly go longer into games.
1: What's this team been like to uh, to be around? I mean, great team thus far, leading the Clark Division. How would you characterize the personality of this team?
4: That that's a tough question because I think that with the amount of returners that we have. It is a very, everybody meshes very well together. We all play very well together. People know how each other play at this point because, you know, we're 20, 30 games in now. Um, I think it's it's almost like, you know, we're a family in, in, a, in a smaller sense. You know, like your short-term family you're going to see for the summer, but it's, Everybody's meshing well together. Even the new guys that are coming in that are playing for us for the first time, they kind of see how friendly everybody is and how well we get along and how well we play together, and they want to be a part of that, and that brings them into
1: that culture. It's been a fun ride so far and hoping for a good finish, and thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you, Nick.
0: Here's what's coming up, moving forward for Fremont.
1: The moon take on Hastings eight times in the next seven days, starting Friday in Fremont at 7.05, then a Saturday doubleheader in Hastings at 4.35, then a 5.05 game Sunday in Fremont, followed by games Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in Hastings before the series concludes Thursday at Moeller Field. Fremont holds a a one-and-a-half game lead in the Clark Division entering the series. The New are 7-3 against the Sidebusters, including a perfect 5-0 at Duncan Field. Despite the huge dimensions of his home field, Grant Schmidt ranks fourth in the Expedition League in homers with six, while sitting fifth in RBI with 23. Reliever Jake Bigham has the top ERA in the league at 0-32. It's going to be a big and exciting week, and we'll tell you all about it next time on the weekly Fremont Moo Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Fremont Moo Weekly Podcast. Follow the Moo on Twitter at Fremont Moo, and visit FremontMoo.com for news, information, stats, and to buy tickets and Moo gear. Fremont Moo Baseball, it's a hit.